0: I can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman.com forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is fantastic. We chat with Tanya Alvarez, who at age 25 started a a, a New York ad agency using credit cards and went from zero to one million in revenue in the first year. Um, She's overcome... A whole lot in her life um she's 45 now and we we chat a good bit about health struggles that she's been through although perspective is critical with regard to that and how frankly her sister has uh, much more severe health struggles and so how tanya sees this her own challenges as as truly a blessing in comparison um we talk about how to scale your business with purpose um talk a lot about accountability and uh group accountability um she runs a company now called owners up and they provide an uh, accountability groups for entrepreneurs and so that's really one of the main themes through this this episode is is intentionality but specifically with regard to creating accountability in your life and holding yourself accountable through community and small groups. Um, and again, particularly targeted for entrepreneurs. Um, we talk a good bit about cost and prioritization, how everything has a cost. Uh, there's almost always an opportunity cost or some other cost when you're making a choice in life. Um, and how, if you get your principles and your values down, um, you know, that, that really helps with kind of the day-to-day micro decisions, um, along the way. We talk about how Tanya became a mother in, uh, March of 2020, which if you recall, there was, a uh, a pandemic all of a sudden in, uh, and she was in New York city and now she has two, uh, children and, and, um, how she, we, we chat a little bit about how she created an advisory board to, for her to meet her husband as well. So very intentional along the way, she is a, uh, an endurance athlete, um, and but has been able to figure out how to balance uh, being a mother and a successful entrepreneur which is obviously not easy um she's a, a world traveler came from almost nothing um has just is super successful and quite an inspiration
1: and i know, I know she will be to you as well welcome to the from adversity to abundance podcast Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode
0: of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm thrilled today to have with us Tanya Alvarez of Owners Up. She is the founder and she has a lot of other, a lot of other things going on we're gonna get into. I'm excited to, to hear your story, Tanya. How are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. This is gonna be a fun one for sure. Um, I haven't recorded in a little bit, so you're going to have to keep me, keep me on my toes. (laughs) This will be fun. So for the listener who's unfamiliar with you, um, who are you and what are you up to today?
2: Yeah. So right now, um, I started my first business at 25, grew it over 1 million within the first year, um, sold it, invested in others, and I am actually doing owners up. It's something I wish I had on my journey of entrepreneurship, and what ends up happening is well, here I was training for the Boston Marathon. And even though I was a collegiate distance athlete, I still um, still joined a team of people, even though I knew exactly what to do and what to train for. Because mm-hmm. just like business, running a marathon, you sign up, you're excited, and it's a long journey. Absolutely. And you want peers to encourage you, coaches, a coach just feel your, see your blind spots and kind of course correct you. And I realized that, When I was growing my business really quickly, I didn't have anybody. And I wanted that Mm. constant feedback, that constant accountability, that system to move me forward and not be, let's be honest, a workaholic. There's so many workaholics. So that's what Owners Up is about. think of it as a CrossFit for small businesses.
0: Okay. Awesome. So just before we jump into your backstory, so for you personally, what does a day in your life look like? You know, what's a typical day look like for you?
2: Wow, it's still different. Now I have two kids. I have a one and a half year old and a three and a half year old. So, um, you know what, how everybody always talks about do this in this morning, do this. I'm like, no, my mornings are <laughs> sometimes I wake up before them, but like be very quiet. I feel like they have bad ears and you can hear me and mm. smell me. <laughs> and so they wake up. So, what I usually do is I wake up and until they're out the door to go to daycare. My day doesn't fully start in the sense of my personal mm-hmm. work. Sure, it's all about them. And then after that, um, I make sure I have a ritual of really closing up my day and being present with my kid. Love that. And that's a hard one, I would say, for most entrepreneurs, because even though like you can be Absolutely. with your kids, but you're still mentally thinking about your business, and you yes. think, oh well, I'm here, my business, won- my kids won't notice. Yeah. There's a certain energy they can notice
0: that's true. Kids are very insightful for sure. Um, and and I know you're you have some some great uh processes for goal setting and frameworks and things like that, we can get into in a bit. And, but I appreciate that you know you're keeping it, keeping it real, right? It's like people love to yeah. put out that their their morning routine of 25, you know, this cold plunge and whatever else, and that's cool and that can work and that's great, but the reality is it's not always, it's not always, life is messy, especially as an entrepreneur, and you've got to be able to react and pivot and still kind of keep your eyes on the the long-term prize, if you will. Um, so let's jump into your backstory. I know you've dealt with uh, adversity, um, you know, and again, the, the show, we're here to inspire entrepreneurs, encourage people, keep it real though, and let them know that you're going to go through hard times. You've You know, we've all been through hard times. We're going to continue to go through hard times. It doesn't mean Tanya doesn't have any more adversity in her life. Um, but I know you've been through some, some financial struggles in starting your business. And I know you've been through some health challenges as well. Um, where would you like to start with your backstory, Tanya?
2: It's a great question. And before I start on that one, it's, I feel like if you're not being challenged, you're not growing.
0: I love that. Yeah. Right. Couldn't agree more.
2: Pressure, diamonds, right? So Absolutely. anybody who says, Oh, yeah, I have it all taken care of, that means you're just not growing. Maybe that's a season <laughs> that you just don't want to grow. It's totally okay. Everything's in seasons. That's a great um, point. Yeah. So, you know, I was raised by a single mom who immigrated to the US from Colombia. She had uh, she has I me included four kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my aunt, my oldest sister has a rare disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, which Hmm. is brittle bones. And that means that she can have like, her bones are like pencils and she can break them very easily. So I found out that I had this after I ran half Ironman and I fractured my hip. So my severity isn't as bad, but right now I'm at the age of 45 and I probably have... I don't know. I haven't got my bones scanned, but they're not as strong as most other people, so I could fracture. But because I work out, I'm and live a healthy lifestyle. I'm very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that, in the osteogenesis imperfecta, kind of like the worst is kid gets the the baby starts breaking bones in the womb, in the stomach, and then they're born and some die two days after. Wow. And then the next level could be like a level of my sisters where she's, you know, she's a wheelchair user um, and she breaks Mm -hmm. a lot of bones. She's broken over 200 bones. And I would say one of mine would be, the one of like mine is just like, I'm still, I've broken uh, two bones Mm. uh, after a half Ironman. The other one is I moved to Minnesota and I slipped on black ice and Mm. then fractured both my wrists when I had an eight month old. That was a whole thing of surrender. Well, I love how
0: you're, yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't imagine that. Um, it's interesting you say that about, about you kind of alluded to the fact that it's really all about your perspective. Um, because, you know, you could very easily be bitter and say that, why did, why me? And why did I get this, this health condition? And most people don't have this brittle bone uh, mm-hmm. condition. Right. And so, you know, it's not fair. Right. Um, but compared to most people who have the condition, you have it pretty good. It sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just uh, really
2: good. And even when I fractured, I will say, when I found out um, running was my identity. And when I found out that if I continued running, I would have a hip replacement. I was a little down the next day. And then my sister who has OI, she says, after your bones are healed, you're gonna be able to walk and do things. Yeah, And that goes like, boom, got me out of it. (laughs) Indeed. days. Yeah. And well, so. <laughs> and I'll just
0: chime in just briefly. We, and I won't go too far into this, but we actually just found out about, um, so my son is is a teenager and it's taken us 14 years to find out that he does have a genetic condition that's really rare. And, and again, I'll save this for another episode, but I shared with him the other day that when we just found this out we shared this information with him as well. And so he's had some, some real challenges associated with this for, for his whole life. Um, you know, but again, it's like compared to most kids or people who have this genetic condition that they call it a kind of a misspelling. Um, he's really, really doing well. I mean, a lot of these kids have serious heart conditions and bone conditions and mus- uh, muscular conditions that, or or they don't, they're not a- actually able to learn to, to speak ever. Um, and he's certainly had struggles and we've had a hard year to be honest with you, but I'd simply say that, I, you know, it, it's all about your perspective. And I think, you know, we're seeing this as we're really blessed and he's really blessed that it, it could have been a lot worse and, um, actually I told him that, um, it's so rare that the the hospital wants to study him. And so they, you know, that he's, he's pretty excited now to learn more about his own, you know, genetics and things like that. But, but, um, you it's know, also I, gonna I be just a
2: great story. That's what my sister always told me. She goes, you are going to be so resilient and your story is going to inspire others. And, and you get to create that. that a lot of people haven't yeah. gone through that.
0: It's so true. Okay. So. Now, okay. At what what age did this really hit you, or or this is a lifelong thing you're you're dealing with? Um, yeah, was there a, it, kind of an inflection point in that part of your story at all?
2: Well, <laughs> it was one of those things where my sister. Um, I've always lived like uh, tomorrow isn't promised mm, because of yeah. her, and then I had to make a really hard decision when having my own kids. Um, I had kids through IVF so I could eliminate that gene moving forward. And the hardest part about that is my sister was such a big impact in my life. And here I am removing the gene, Mm.
0: Mm. right? Yeah.
2: So my first generation's moving forward won't have it.
1: Mm.
2: That was a really hard one I had to sit with. And it it made me who I am too. Mm. So that's the whole story of the health thing. And then then I learned, Running wasn't my identity. I can always create something new and explore new mm. things. I went into cycling. I do a bunch of things and I'm like, oh, I'm just creating myself every time. It wasn't a set identity. Sometimes we, sure. at least for me, I associate and that was like my identity. That's what people know me for. Oh my God, if I can't run, what's going to happen? Even in Absolutely. entrepreneurship, right? yeah When you're sure. kind of scaling and then you're like, oh, what happens if I make a wrong decision? You're like, I'm going to be known as the failed entrepreneur or whatever it is in sure. your head. But that's yeah. just part of the story. And when you start thinking about like nobody listens to the person who has a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear that, so right?
0: True. No, absolutely. Did mean, Oprah
2: become successful because she shared everything? And then you hear so that, true. and so that's what makes um gives your life more texture, more meaning.
0: I love that. Yeah, and we have had uh we've talked on other episodes about uh, we had a professional baseball player who had a very short lived career because he he got injured and his whole identity that was that, and it's over. Who are you now? And, and um, he's very successful now. He's a very successful business owner and is crushing it. And, and, and uh, you know, we keep in touch and he's an inspiration, but it's, it's just, it doesn't, it's all, it's more impressive actually, if you can pivot and, and, and uh, you know, continue down a different path and still have ups and downs, but find success and, and work your way through adversity and get to abundance um so l- let's talk about um so you've definitely dealt with health health issues for sure and and we're, we're not trying to check all the boxes we, we know that yeah. everyone has dealt with health relationship financial challenges you know spiritual challenges there are all kinds of plenty of challenges out there um you've definitely checked the box with regard to the health side of things um, I think starting out, you started your first business at 25. Is that right? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So, you know, here my immigrant mom who's raising four kids on her own single. And, and I got into, um, you know, from my background, uh, low income, all of it. Um, the chances of me getting into a really good school, like a Ivy league type is, yeah very rare right mm, and i sure. got into wellesley and i was wellesley wow. college and i was really fortunate and it was an exciting time and i remember walking in here i my roommate is third generation wellesley i don't know if, mm. if people know what that means yeah. but it's pretty impressive that means their sure. their life is pretty stacked and i sure. came in with my suitcase and masking tape around it cuz that's all my family could put together mm. And wow. then they were looking around, you know, they had their their generations They were so exo- excited to meet um, this person. And they look around, they're like, we're your parents. And I was like, oh, um, I got dropped off and took a bus. And they're like, oh, you know, and it, that was my first experience <laughs> of sure. that. And of course, I'm excited not to have my children have that. But that is a, a story I'll remember, you know. So now Absolutely. going through that, the reason why I bring up my mother is Here I am working for startups. And then I was like, I want to do my own thing. And she's like, do it. And I was like, well, what happens if I fail? And she goes, you'll be exactly where you are, working for somebody. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then I go, well, what happens if nobody wants to hire me? And she's like, you wouldn't want to work for a company like that. And then I went all in. Nobody, there was no rich uncle, anybody helping me. It was basically, I had credit cards and shoot, a lot of determination. And I went for it.
1: And That's so awesome. I got,
2: I went all in, um, worked crazy hours. Some people are like, how'd you do a million? I did, I worked crazy hours to <laughs> make it happen. You know, cause there was no, I couldn't fail. Sure. Um, and then from during that whole journey, even when I was able to get to, um, entrepreneurial organization, you have to be over a million <laughs> to be yeah. in there, I would go in there. And at this time, this is back in like the early 2000, it was like full of brick and mortar companies. And here I was, this young Latina talking about like, you know, marketing, performance-based marketing. They're like, what? They had no clue. (laughs) And that's, that's when I realized, wow, I don't have any support. I'm going to have to figure this out all on my own.
0: Wow. Yeah. The one thing I want to point out, I I do point this out a good bit on the show, but you were bringing to, to your, your mother the what ifs, what if this happens? What if this happens? And she was actually presenting to you the even ifs. So even if you fail at this business, you're going to be back where you are any, anyway. So yeah. who cares? And then you you say, well, what if this happens? Well, even if that happens, you know, and I think just, and I, I you know, I, I don't know her story or anything, but just that wisdom and and um, uh, that perspective, that kind of big picture and long-term perspective, I think can really help people in decision-making. Um, and that's not to say everyone should jump into starting a business, but having that, even if perspective can give you, you know, confidence and, and, um, stability in, in the chaos, if you will, but okay. So you start at 25, you have no money. You start a New York ad agency. Um, how did you like, just, just, how did you fund it? How did it, how, how did things go for that first year?
2: Um, Got some clients immediately and then just proved it. And back then, um, this was in the wild, wild west of internet when there was an affiliate Mm -hmm. marketing and Mm -hmm. it just, I could go throw some numbers and out back there. But um, so we approached it differently. We would go to a website and we would figure out um when someone purchased kind of that what's called a funnel we would go through like the pages and then we say hey if we generate this leads or this generate this um sales we want a percentage and we would handle everything so it wasn't us presenting to the mm-hmm. client like hire us for this you know
0: to set amount
2: thousand package we were yeah. performing space and that was okay. great we performed yeah. and the biggest lesson i learned because i was naive Right. I wanted to travel before Instagram was around. Mm. Remind you guys, I'm 45. So, Mm -hmm. before all of this and was trendy, I was like, I want to go to Peru. I want to go to Machu Picchu. I want to travel all these places. How the heck can I pull that off? Well, the only way to pull it off, and I tell people to do this now, is take a two week off to a country where you have no access to internet. Mm -hmm. You'll realize if your business can survive without you. And so, that also helped me understand like, I was. I remember heading to um, to Hike Machu Picchu and there at that time, there's no internet connection. So before that, I need to make sure that my team could handle any emergency, anything, what to do, all mm-hmm. of it. I create systems I didn't even know I should do.
0: <laughs> sure. And yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: they were able to handle it and I was able to create leaders from there and then take on more and more vacations.
0: I love that. And they say, uh, I guess necessity is the, mother of all invention or something like that. Right. So you, you were, you kind of had no choice if you wanted to take this two week trip um, to create these systems and rely on, right. Rely on others. Um, yeah, it's much easier said than done. It's easy for us to sit here and talk about this on a podcast. Oh, I just, you know, left for two weeks and most, it doesn't sound that crazy. Um, I'm going on a trip for a week after Christmas and I'm pretty sure I'll be working (laughs) to be honest with you, you know, and, and, um, so much easier said than done to peel yourself away. That's when you really learn if you have a true business or, or not, or just a, a job where you work for yourself.
2: Or um, I wonder if you could just, I don't know, work for an hour or the belief yeah. I put in myself, I said, no matter what my team does, there's nothing that I can't do that can clean up their mess.
0: That's, that's and again, that's that even if, I love that. It, oh, yeah, I told my right. team that before too, like, hey, you can, you can break stuff, but we can fix whatever you break. I mean, it's, you know, not saying just be uh, throw caution to the wind entirely, but it's okay. We can fix it, whatever it is. Um, okay. So that, so you got to from zero to 1 million in revenue in the first year. I mean, that's incredible. One of the other things I took away that when you were, when you were talking was that, um, that you got clients first. So one of the mistakes I've made in business and it every industry is different, but is the whole thought process of build it and they will come, you know, and versus get some clients and then kind of build your business as you serve those clients. Can you speak to that at all? That kind of mindset? By the way, I have
2: done both mistakes.
0: Got it. Got it.
2: (laughs) So uh, one mistake I learned very quickly when we were uh, building out uh, a site, it was just like, product use site, all this cool analytics. And we're like, this feature is going to be great. We didn't want to release it until that feature happened. And then guess what? We released the feature, crickets. Nobody freaking used it. And that was the biggest lesson I learned because there was so much money we invested in that tech, just everything and then, so you always test it. I always tell people, test it. Minimum viable product, test it. If you want to sell something, a product before you jump, make that jump, even if you're working for somebody, Go sell it or get a case study and see if they were like really amazed by it. Now, yeah. real estate's a little different. I don't know how you can sure. test it, but yeah, I'm sure maybe. Yeah, no, people.
0: well, yeah, we can get into. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. But uh, but certainly, I mean, this is the point of the podcast is to share mistakes we've made and lessons we've learned, so that other people, other entrepreneurs, and the listener doesn't don't have to uh, make those same mistakes. So okay, so this was. 20 years ago, walk us through kind of. I mean, this is going to be a very broad brush, but your entrepreneurial journey uh, since then.
2: So, because um, all those crazy trips I did, I realized, wow, my team doesn't need me as much. This is pretty cool. And then I was like, I built a pretty cool team. Um, Why don't, and all these other companies would come to me and say, hey, would you? want to be part of my company. I was like, sure, I'll take a percentage. Let me be your CMO. And then the thing is, my team could just come in. I did the strategy and it was executed. So I was kind of involved in a bunch of businesses, which was really cool. But then there was one time (laughs) where uh, I had three other partners. I was the only one who was single and had no kids Mm. and raising money.
0: You were doing all the work?
2: And then they wanted me to be the CEO got and raise the money. And here I finally got somebody. We we're about to sign the papers. And then I said, no. And I pulled and then the, the investor pulled. They weren't happy, but I'm friends with one of the partners still. Mm-hmm. Um, That was a big, hardest decision. One of the hardest because mm-hmm. it was not, it was a, one of the things where it's like, I always wanted to be like in your twenties, you know, especially from my background i wanted to there was a little chip on my shoulder that i wanted to prove be that entrepreneur right sure and then and then there was this chance but then i was like wait what about if i work myself i never have family i never have kids because i know myself of one of those people who'll do everything to achieve it and that's yeah. when i needed to have a reality check mm-hmm. and what I is see. it at all costs it's kind of like running right I wanted to run in high school to run and get into like division one, ended up by division three, even though I got full scholarships to division one because of the education. And then I had to think, do I want to be a professional runner? Well, luckily (laughs) I I didn't, because I would have figured out later on in my life that I wasn't able to full on. But the whole point is, what's the cost that you're willing to do? And I don't think people understand that they see like these like, these happy reels of like entrepreneurship, but yeah. you have to know the cost. So you know Absolutely. what you're up
0: I love that. That's very real. We try to keep it real on this, on, on the show. And again, it's, uh, yes, I couldn't agree more. It's everything has a cost. Everything has pros and cons, right? Everything, if you're spending your time and your focus somewhere, there's an opportunity cost. Um, and so it's not to say you shouldn't do whatever it is, but, but just know there's a cost to it. Um, that that's a great point. So you, and I so think by the ba- way
2: you most important, most people skip this is really identifying your values
0: mm, and
2: analyzing huge. what it is. And this is like a, a random story, but, yeah. um, I didn't get married until later on in life. And I would be one of those people who would be in relationships and somehow so I was like, oh, I didn't want to commit. Then finally I was like, oh, I need to be in a relationship. Hmm. And when I analyze my values and then rank them, I was no longer in that gray area of meeting mm. people. You ever met somebody and you're like, everything's gray, up, but you keep going because you see everything else is great. So for example, I was dating this guy who is um, who was in series B, entrepreneur, family oriented. But guess yeah. what? When we would get together, it was almost like if I fit in his schedule. Hmm. And that's not what I wanted, even mm-hmm. though my sure. values like so I had to rank my values to see what it was important. So if I wanted to be one of those people who was kind of like we were a power couple or whatever you call it and like was like that that wasn't my value, but right. I need to know that before I continue yeah. to invest
0: in sure you, you didn't want to be just waving in the hallway and
2: <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and, and and some people like you know commit to that
0: right. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, so so you've had tons of ups and downs with the, on the business side of things. Um, I guess walk us through kind of the last five years. I know you've had two kids. Um, how has that affected, you know, for the mothers out there who, or, or, you know, uh, I guess, you know, females who might become mothers, right. And are thinking about starting a business and, um, maybe want to do it all, or, you know, how, how, what advice do you have for someone that's thinking about, um, running a business, starting a family? What are some takeaways?
2: Um, I'm just trying to think of the biggest takeaway. It's almost like running your business and going on vacation. Mm. You need to be able to delegate I think um, I know that I, I coach and mentor a bunch of entrepreneurs that still feel that they're the only ones who can do it.
0: Mm, and if
2: you're the only one who can do your thing, then yeah. you don't have a business.
0: Sure, makes right? sense.
2: And it's a hard one to kind of swallow, right? And it's not saying that like, you always wanna have some of your skills replaced, taught, replaced, taught, or else you're going to be a prisoner to your own company. Um, And I think there's steps. It's not like a a one thing that's right away. So in this case, uh, before I even had kids, I wanted to make sure like what we do is we have um, entrepreneurs in groups of five and we have a coach. So I needed to know that when I was on returning leave, that these coaches can handle everything and move forward. And that was a Mm. lot of training, a lot of upfront things. The cool thing about, where we are in this world right now, AI yeah. is phenomenal. Like here's yeah. a quick tip for anybody. Anytime you hear yourself saying, oh, this task is just, it's one minute. I can do it faster than teaching.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't put
2: yourself in that mindset. I want you to go find Loom. I think Loom is free yeah. Yeah. Uh, and record the thing and think it out like as you're doing stuff, like I let's say it. it's as simple as writing an email. Go to your inbox. I'm writing this email. I'm yeah. gonna write this message. Like. And that is a now bunch. you're speaking
0: my language. My my team is uh, they're probably tired of me talking about Loom. I mean, I've, I think I've done three or four Loom videos this morning <laughs> already. Uh, what but, was uh, your
2: record on Loom? I've somehow got the top four oh, sure. percent. Did you see? <laughs> okay, wow.
0: I have to check that out. But it is free to an extent, and then it's not free anymore. Just like most of these the software. But couldn't agree more. It's like think about the next. You're going to do this task again, most likely, right? Or someone's yes. going to have to do it. Um, if, if it's anything that's going to be done again, record it. And mm-hmm. if it's worthless in six months, delete the video, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Right. So, um, but that can absolutely help with, you know, workflow and, and just delegating and automating things. Um, so also
2: by the way, zoom is definitely worth paying for. I don't know what I pay yeah. the AI yeah. is phenomenal on that. I will yeah. even make your job easier.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Um, okay. So you kind of prepared to have kids and got your team ready and, you know, but you knew there would be, it, it sounds like it, it made By the way, business... I had my
2: first kid, March 25th, 2020 in New York city. Wow.
0: And, wow. and yeah. my
2: partner, here I am, my partner and was not allowed in the hospital. It was a week where in New York city,
0: everything was no- shut down
2: the hospital he like literally dropped me off like he was dropping me off to the airport
0: that is crazy there was nothing that could prepare
2: me for that one by the way (laughs) yeah no
0: no that's yeah well and that's that's life and entrepreneurship certainly throw (laughs) curveballs at us right um yeah i mean i imagine that was a a challenging you know say first six months or so first year I, i would presume um what what was that like that first year with with your first child
2: uh, so we lived in a high-rise uh, Manhattan building. And when, remember during that time in COVID in New York City, it was like the peak. And you didn't know if like you're still sanitizing your groceries. So imagine sure. going down an elevator and trying to hold your breath for more than 50 floors and covering your baby because you had no clue if right. the kid that you've been trying to have, because I've been trying to have, I had a mm. 7% chance of having um, mm. one kid. I have hmm. two. Wow! And now I've, you're going through this pandemic, and you're like, "Oh my God, if I finally have this kid! Like, hopefully he's going not die because of COVID or something."
0: <laughs> right, like right.
2: So sure. getting past that, then we—I've been—I lived in New York City for 20 years, and then um, I can run my company. I've made sure that any company I've always started up, I can run it from wherever. And um, we, my husband, had a great opportunity in Minnesota. We had we we don't know I have any family and friends here. <laughs> And we moved here in August, 2020.
0: Okay. Wow. And so Great. we're here
2: and uh, we really, we really love it, which is surprising for me because I never, you know, New Yorkers, once you're there for a while, it's hard to leave.
0: Sure. Absolutely.
2: So that was a big change.
0: For sure. I I know one of the the uh, personal interview topics you've talked about before is how you built your advisory board to meet your husband. Can you touch on that briefly?
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, part of it, what, like what I was saying is literally like writing down your values. And then I had to analyze like, what do I do as a default? And then I found people who, um, this is a quick version of it, but yeah. found people who had happy marriages and people I respect. And then they yeah. had to hold me accountable on dates and they were mm. actually swiping for me on tinder okay <laughs> oh, wow. so, so wow. i would have not swiped on my husband because of one picture i was in this you know like super and little like oh boy yeah. what is that picture hmm, did he like he could have done a better picture where the other person's like oh look at everything they wrote this is great so anytime they had sure. to swipe i had to go on a date with the person and then I had to go to a date more than one time. And instead of finding everything wrong with the person, I had to find great things about them. So it's this whole That's accountability awesome. because I yeah. think we do a lot of mindset stuff and mindset isolated doesn't work. Everyone always tells you, if you go to any personal development stuff, yeah. they always say, find others, bring this to yeah. others. It doesn't work without it. It's like, if you, sure. I don't know, health wise in our house, like I'm lucky my husband is on the same page we have yeah. really healthy food. There's nothing yeah. where I'm like, kind of like, oh no, here's,
1: tempted.
2: yeah, attempted. there you go. Yeah. So you have to align yourself. It's really good to have other people. And that's sure. me doing it on myself, that um, having that accountability, finding somebody, I would have slipped into my old patterns and I no, wanted that's... to make that change.
0: Makes sense. and It just sounds like you're very intentional about things. And And one of the ways you hold yourself accountable is to have other people hold you accountable and and have that community, which I know is works into your, your business uh, world as well. That's critical. I mean, you talked right early on about getting that, that group uh, to being a part of the, the group for running and holding you accountable for running, you know, and people talk about, well, why, why do you, you know, why does that person need a coach? They're, they're amazingly fit. And it's like, well, that's why they're fit because they have a coach and they have a, a community and that's, you know, Tiger Woods needs a coach, right? I mean, everybody who, who excels everybody at anything. Everybody
2: has like a squad and people don't realize that. This self-myth ex- is self-made, is total myth.
0: I, I love that. And and look, you you came from not much, right? It's I mean, financially, um, and you've overcome quite a bit, but I couldn't agree more. There's, I, I hate the whole self-made thing myself. It, it's just, it doesn't exist. Um, you know, certainly you have made Decisions and are a big and your own personal mindset and behaviors are are big factors in in your success, no doubt, right? Uh, but you couldn't have done it alone. Um, so I, I love I love all that. So um, let's By the way, let's. Yeah, uh, well,
2: based on that, what most people don't think is like they assume that successful people always have this amazing mindset determination. Hmm. You do. There are times where you're going to get slapped. Absolutely. Every professional, everyone gets it. And you need For people sure. to kind of like remind you of who you are and why you're that. Because when you're down, Absolutely. like, I'm sure you've been through it where you're like, yeah. is my business going to go down or what's going on? Or like, And you need that support to get you moving forward and get you back on track.
0: 100%. Um, let's fire off. I've got, I'll have got. fire off some uh, rapid fire questions. And then, then we'll talk more about uh, your business today and how you're helping people. Um, what is one thing that people misunderstand about you, Tanya?
2: That's a great question. Um, such a great question. I'm I, always about the say, I say <laughs>
0: rapid fire and, and that one usually stumps people. To yeah, be that's
2: not a rapid fire. That's one. not
0: a rapid fire one, but, um,
2: um, I think I actually got one, um, that when they see me, they, they think that I had it all together, that I had this amazing upbringing that I must be lucky.
0: Hmm. Right. So sure. they
2: don't, they don't realize, um, everything that I had in the community that, that built me, who I am.
0: Love that. Um, what is one of your biggest failures or regrets? Something that you would love to be able to, to do over, even if you've learned from it and something good has come out of it, what would you classify as a, as one of your biggest failures or regrets?
2: these are really, these are not fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of the biggest, um,
0: do you make any mistakes in your first year in business that you could, uh, you would do over would do differently?
2: It's funny. Cause I, I've already had the story in my head. Like I, I do a real good practice of journaling and saying, okay, this failed. like, how do I frame it? Would, I learned yeah, from it. sure. So now sure. the story's already in there that I don't even have the it's, regret. It's so sure. weird.
0: Well, that's good. That's good.
2: Um, yeah. so maybe the regret could be like, um, giving people more opportunities in relationships. Right. And, and, okay. um, because as I told you, I, I would yeah. swipe or like, yeah, just wasn't committed as much.
0: Sure. Okay. That was a weak Look, one. We, Big question. No, weak no, I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty important one. I think, you know, but um, yeah, If overall, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be?
2: That to be vulnerable and to okay. share themselves. Because I always had to come across, like had everything together. Even that story of the whole suitcase and the masking tape. yeah, Like that took me a while to actually be like, yeah, that's, I did that, you know? But instead yeah. I was always trying to fit in. So growing up, you know, in a household where we didn't look like everybody else, it was, we yeah. were so busy fitting in. And now I realized that the key is just to be different. And yeah. that took me a while. So it's almost telling that 18 year old embrace why you're different. And that's going to be your sure. strength.
0: Right Love it. If you could have coffee, I don't know if you drink coffee, but if you could have right. coffee or a drink or tea or anything with any historical figure, who would you choose? They could still be alive today.
2: One I'm currently, I would love to have is Sarah Blakely, uh, okay. the founder space. I really just, she's one of the few yeah. that actually, uh, raise their family and, you know, and build a business.
0: Awesome. That's, we have not had that answer on the show. Um, if you were given $10 million tomorrow, Tanya, just no strings attached, whatever you want to do with it, what would you do with it?
2: Um, I would invest back into a community and empower them and try to have it in the sense of like empowering them. So that revenue continues to impact others. So Mm. probably maybe through entrepreneurship, even more or Mm -hmm. building a school or doing something along those lines.
0: Great answer. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, just pick one meal that that you'd eat every day for the rest of your life. What would that be?
2: is I feel like I eat chicken almost every day. So I guess continue chicken, but life. actually have you ever heard that guy? Uh, I think his, the author's name is Mark Manson or something like that. And he,
0: yeah, I think I know he has know a him.
2: great book and he's like, when you yeah. think about entrepreneurship, think about like, um, think about eating your favorite dessert or whatever it is and eating it every single day. And if you're not bored of that, then you should start that business.
0: <laughs> That's great advice. <laughs> I think it's, uh, is he the one that wrote the subtle art of not giving yeah. an F or is it, okay. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> we'll just keep it clean and say F, but you know. Um, what's a struggle that you're facing in your business right now?
2: Right now, it is more in the sense of doing my own copywriting. I want to start writing, I'm going to be writing a book soon and um, I also have dyslexia. So mm-hmm. that's one of the big challenges. Like I just knew I had to work harder on that. So getting, uh, myself comfortable with writing and doing, sharing my mm-hmm. stories.
0: Okay. Well, we had uh, fairly recently, uh, Juliet Han on the show. She's, uh, tr- her own podcast talks about dyslexia and her, how she overcame it. And she's really good at storytelling and helping others tell their story. So oh, wow. might have to, I'm to yeah. check her out. That's great. Yeah. Might have to connect you guys. You too. Um, <laughs> Um, what's one piece of advice that you'd give someone starting out in their career, an, an entrepreneur who's starting, say maybe an ad agency. Um, what's one piece of advice that you'd give them right now?
2: To anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur and even an agency is first go to your network do a simple email and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you know anybody who would benefit from this? Love to chat with them. Nobody leverages their network. And then they forget that. Your network might know other people, and then get your first five people. All it is is five. Even if you have to do free, get a case study, and then go all in.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fantastic advice. And and one of the themes in this this episode has been just people, right, and community, and network, and helping each other, which I love. um Yeah, absolutely. Instead of the whole "build it and they will come" thing, it's like no play to your strengths. Who do you know that has done this before, or can help, help you do this and, and then go get five clients. I love that. That's great. Um, if you could try any occupation other than what you've done before, something totally random, what would it be?
2: You tell the ones that the questions that stop me,
0: huh?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cause entrepreneurship, I feel like, um,
0: you, you wear a lot of hats in entrepreneurship. You've got, you've ch- checked a lot of boxes, <laughs> right? Already. So
2: entrepreneurship, like I remember a story of my mother. I wanted to be a trainer for um, a killer whale trainer. I was obsessed with orca, and then she said, instead of being, you know, as a parent, you're just like she. You know, She's an immigrant. She wanted to kind of gear me towards something. I don't know. I guess revenue making. She's like, imagine if you can own SeaWorld or Miami's Aquarium, then you can be with train with them all the time. I was like, yeah. So in my head, I'm like, just get involved in the business somehow.
0: There you so go. I haven't
2: thought about it, what the next one is. Maybe it would be, um, if I was going to do anything is focus on this big problem of education, right? Mm. Now that sure. I have kids, I'm starting to see like the levels of the education, what's going on? What is that future like? Sure. So maybe dive into that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Awesome. We'll talk about owners up a little bit, um, before we wrap up, what, what, what is owners up and who is it for? Who do you work with? Who do you serve?
2: So, uh, we work with B2B service-based entrepreneurs who are in their six figures and want to go into up to, I would say 3 million. I think 3 million at that point is a whole nother level of leadership and training, but sure. it's really about entrepreneurs who have a tendency to Know that they're achievers. They work there. They work hard, but then now they have like a family and they want to be really mm. present and they want to know how to make that work-life fusion, and not only the fusion, but living a life that empowers them. So for them, mm. it's kind of running a company that's profitable, and maybe once it gets to the point where that they they it's like they only have to put five hours in, they invest in another one, and they they have a portfolio mm. going on, but mm-hmm. being really present so that their their kids know them as my my parent was always here my my parent was always mm-hmm. present. And sure. how we go about that is um one of the things that I don't know I experience this sometimes too when I don't have it is that sounding board. even if I have employees or a team, I need other peers to bounce ideas off of that know sure. exactly how it feels like when the pressure's on you, all those salaries. oh what is that? Yeah and then helping me make strategic decisions, right? And then holding me accountable because one thing is, as an entrepreneur, you come from like some sort of school, some sort of structure, and then you start your own business and then you have to build your own structure. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? You can justify things and kind of play in your default. So I call it mm-hmm. um, kind of moving. No, oh, that's important. I'm going to move this deadline here
0: because mm-hmm. you're the boss. You're the boss. Sure yeah and you can so do I, you can move it there, but, yeah. but like we talked about earlier there's there's a cost right there's a consequence, yep. so maybe you shouldn't be moving that deadline but you're absolutely right it's you are in charge and so it's it's easy to kind of let things slide or move move different things, but also it can be entrepreneurship can be a lonely space, you know even if you're busy and working hard and interacting with people. Not everybody knows what that's like. And so I think having a community like you provide and that, uh, that group based, um, accountability structure, and it sounds like some coaching and things, I I think that's huge. and I think more than ever, people are really in need of this, this kind of, I think this is, I mean, just with the virtual world, which is great, you know, has certain benefits for sure, but I think. People are very hungry, especially entrepreneurs are hungry for community accountability, all the things you've, you've talked about already so much. So what does it look like if, if somebody signs up tomorrow, what, what, what does their next year look like?
2: I try, I've been struggling with the word community. I'm big on community, but the thing is I've been in communities where it's the same 10% of people interacting. It's kind of like the people Mm. in the classroom. Where it's the people who are going to raise your hand everyone else isn't participating right mm, so when it's sure. so big you can hide
1: sure
0: so, you say so this you're is it yeah so, so you keep it keep it small people, yep absolutely
2: that you can actually be okay with disclosing everything that's going on because i don't know about yeah. you I have a hard time disclosing in a big yeah. community i have never yeah. been one of those people who raised my hand mm-hmm. um so For that sure. so that's what it is so what it is is first thing we do once someone enrolls And we figure out that you have that growth mindset and you want to make that change because we're not into people who just want to hustle. Um, Mm. We do an audit and then we help you understand what your default is and where your your strengths are, like where you should actually Mm. be growing.
0: Because sometimes
2: as an entrepreneur, we like to do what's natural to us, right? Instead of what what we need to do. And then from there, you have a weekly one-hour call where you're held accountable to Mm. what it is that you decided And we do it in a fun way where accountability is not by uh, having someone um, paying like, hey, if you don't do this, you have to do $10. It's more what we found accountability works is you take on a challenge that's going to move you, but then it's uh, immediately. So if they miss a goal or something that they said, they have to sing a song in front of a group (laughs) and that works. So what ends up happening is your inner critic who usually would push off this, whatever, this task that you need to be held accountable to. You're like, oh, I rather not sing a song. I'll just do this task. And so it gets over your perfectionism too.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a huge part of entrepreneurship because I, you know, I can be pretty analytical, but it's like, it's, it has to be good enough or else it's just not going to work. It's not going to be done. So yeah, you do have to get over that perfectionism. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a mastermind group. That's a little bit of a larger group, but then we, we have smaller groups now that are where we, we meet monthly and it's kind of a similar, not the exact same thing, but, but a similar thing where I feel much more comfortable opening up as opposed to, you know, sharing in the larger group and occupying everyone's time. And we really get to know each other on a, a you know, much, just m- much better in, in the smaller group. So, um, that's great. so what what's uh, what's the business look like as we wrap up here? What's your business look like in the next uh, in the next year? What's twenty twenty four have in store for you?
2: so twenty twenty four, I will have some part of my book done, and the journey of the book is to help people understand that um, sometimes you have to build your squad that you need to achieve any monumental goal. And I think that I didn't realize this till later on that I was really lucky to have my family who was super supportive, but there's other people who have a family that might not be encouraging them and not because they don't believe in them. It's just that they're scared. Like, oh, we don't want, like if you do this and you fail, we don't want you to be sad or you know, we want you to be financially successful. So sometimes you don't have the right support around you. And so how do you create that? And how do you find that's the great. people who are going to move you forward? And so yeah. I believe, um, that anybody, no matter where you're at, if you have the right squad, you can achieve any monumental goal.
0: Love it. There's that intentionality again. Um, yeah. that's really good. So speaking of a book, I didn't ask you, do you have a a book or two that you could recommend for our listener?
2: Um, you know, there was a book I just recommended. It was Dan Martell buy back your time. Yeah, that's right. It's a really good one.
0: Yeah. Dan Martell buy back your time. I think you, you, uh, recommended that one to me before we hit record. So that's really good. Um, awesome. And then of course your own book, I'm assuming you don't have a title yet for it.
2: Yeah, we thought, I thought about squad up, but we're still playing around with it.
0: (laughs) Got it. Awesome. That's great. Well, Tanya, I know you got to run. I know you got to get to your, your workout. And uh, we appreciate you uh, squeezing us in here. Um, where can our listeners find you online?
2: Yeah, they can find me on my Instagram, uh, Tanya C Alvarez. So the letter C Alvarez and then DM me and I'll send you any frameworks you guys want accountability or how to get there.
0: Fantastic. Last question. What is one question I have not asked you that you wish I had? Anything you Uh, want to cover?
2: I think that a lot of, I don't know, but a good one. I think that everyone always assumes it's about doing and achieving, but, um, in order to be your best self in anything, you got to work on yourself. So personal, um, development is a huge one go and start investing in yourself. And even though you feel like you can get it from a book, I think someone told me this and it's a little crude, I guess, but they said, imagine reading a book about sex, mm-hmm. right? And then doing it, right? There's sometimes you only have to do it. And I was like, that is hilarious, <laughs> that personal development. So there's only there so much that you sure. actually have to do. Cause a lot of people are like, I can read it. And it's like, there's a part of reading and then the action. So sure. take the action guys and get yourself into whatever programs, personal development, whatever it is, or read a book and create a group around us. So you guys can like practice and analyze and do it.
0: Fantastic. Tanya Alvarez. This has been a great chat. Uh, we've covered a lot. I'm not going to go through it all right now, but this has been fantastic. A lot of, uh, a lot of nuggets for sure that we're going to be able to take away from this. And you've got a ton of experience with entrepreneurship, health challenges, uh, motherhood in a, in a challenging time for sure with COVID and the pandemic and everything. And, um, many things we haven't covered, but we really, I just want to thank you for your time. This has been, been a blast. So thanks a lot, Tanya.
2: Thank you for having me. It was awesome.
0: Uh, and to the listener out there, you're welcome, Tanya. And to the listener (laughs) out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks everyone. Take care. Thank you for
1: spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time.
0: Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, This book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.